nothing for it. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Welcome to the Cornhusker Corner with Blake. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And Brooks. Is mayonnaise an instrument? And you better bet your bottom dollar that these two brothers know how to handle business. Here's a hand up to Thunder who gives it back to Mike Stokes. He's going to throw it. He's got a man out. All right, welcome to the Corn Husker Corner, where there's no place, no like, this place like this podcast. You're so close. Yeah, You're yeah, so close did. now. I think that was you that time. I did. I did better than you. That was me. That I did a good job. <laughs> really? It's me. The yeah, one that's you. heading. You got to the... match my vocal. You got. You got to match my voice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I'm the one who came up with it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I no, have the IP. No, I have the IP. No. Yeah, I, I, I went to the I, bank already. All right. Well, I'm the one that... <laughs> Dad and I uh, started an LLC. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we left uh, your name out of it. Don't worry. Yeah. You don't have well, to worry about it. <laughs> just for the record, I'm the one that came up with the name. So He is the one that came up with the name. But I remember sending a text that said, there's no place like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You came up with the tagline. I'll give you that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you should have anyways. heard our other names. They were quite provocative. <laughs> um, there were some that were okay. Yeah. We yeah. went back and forth. We were we trying to generate headlines. Yeah. Yeah. We went back and forth, but you know, we, we landed on this and this is the best. And here we are. Episode yeah. three, three in a row. We're doing it. Yeah. We're, We're here doing, We're doing it. it. Two brothers, and you better bet your bottom dollar. These two brothers know how to handle business. We do. Three episodes. That's yeah. proof. Yeah. More proof than uh, the Huskers have given us this year. <sighs> Shit, dude. Well, for one. <laughs> nice do transition, you, eh? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you see the headline I gave this uh, recording? Uh no, I, I didn't. I didn't. What? Um, what'd you it's call eleven it? two, which is when we're recording this. And sure. then it says, uh, Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I stand behind that. <laughs> yeah. I stand behind that. Yeah. The Ohio State University. Unfortunately, I feel inclined that I have to call them that because they've made us their bitch the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've largely made us their bitch the entire time we've been in the Big Ten. Yeah. I think um, we've beat so them So I feel once, every time I talk so. about them, I feel like I got to be like the... The, the Ohio State University, at least Ohio until, State. yeah, at least until I can stop calling him daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in, until they stop making us call them daddy. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this is the year, too. There's no expectations, no expectations. And yeah. let's talk about why there's no expectations, then we'll get into the game. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so the whole point of this podcast, we're going to give a pregame. We're going to give a post game, but there's a reason that we didn't give a post game for Purdue this week. And it's because my wife and my sister, my sister came to visit us. Well, our sister uh, came to visit me this weekend. And um, they both got very sloshed at this uh, uh, brunch place. And then they decided to drink the entire time on the way to the airport. So I was taking care of my wife on Sunday when me and Brooks decided we wanted to record. What um, and you know, I really wanted to talk about 
the Purdue game. It's okay. Game. I'm not as heated now as I would have been Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely. I was definitely more heated Sunday. I was calling for more heads on Sunday. And you know what? I still kind of am. But um, yeah. at this point, at least it's settled. And yeah. It's like a breakup. That's honestly what it feels like. It's so it's so funny. It's like when um, – or, or like even if you have like a really good friend – and they uh, and they do something, and it's like you're not friends anymore. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it feels like. Because no. here's the thing, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, and I think kind of everybody's on the same page with you're either, and it, it just depends on your level of aggression. That's the only differences, mm-hmm. really. There's some people who are Scott need to be fired, blah, blah, blah. and then there's other people that Husker are nuts. like, well, the, yeah, for sure. Then there's other people that are like, well, Scott Frost might need to be fired, and that doesn't you know, make us happy to say, but I think we're all kind of there at this point. Right. I mean, you agree with that? See, I agree to a point. He, for some reason is so loyal to Adrian and Adrian is a freak talent. He's a very talented person, but in the heat of the game, he, he can't come through. We've, he's proven that. In the past, this is the fourth year, right? Year four. Yeah. So he's proven that he can't come through when the game is on the line. And, but he sticks with him. He sticks with him. You know, and And, here's the thing. It's so, it's, uh, it sucks because you see why, you know what I mean? You look at Adrian and you you hear Adrian talk and you see how he carries himself and you see how he is the leader of the team and even his play on the field. There's enough good plays where, yeah. you, where like if you just took out all the bad plays and just made them no plays, right? And then you just looked at the good plays, you'd be like, well, damn, he's a pretty damn good quarterback, right? But yeah. then when you look at the bad plays, they get highlighted and they're all the ways at pivotal points of every single game. Yeah. And so it's just like, man, some people just have that curse. Unfortunately, that's just yeah, how sports they, works. Yeah, they do. Um, I mean, we talked about this. Got, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we talked about this the last time. And like sometimes certain plays get in your head mm-hmm. and sometimes you just can't get over it. Yeah. And um, but but at this point in the season. You don't have anything to lose. Uh, you, you, do, you don't. The The bowl game is on the line. And, you know, I think that Nebraska this year especially plays up and down to its talent. They've done that both times, even when we won with Buffalo and Fordham. Um, like Fordham hung around until like halfway through the second quarter. Uh, Buffalo... I mean, that we had three touchdowns called back in that game, so it should have been like 50-some to seven. But um, even so, like, Nebraska plays down to their... See, here's the thing. I disagree. That whole frame of thinking of, oh, he plays up to his opponent, down to his opponent, is just a total cop-out. Because at the end of the day, what's important is, did you come through in the moments that mattered? and. True. At the end of the day, they're always playing down because we all know that if they came through in the plays that mattered against Oklahoma, they would have won. Michigan, yep. they would have won. Michigan State, they would have won. And all the teams 
that are that that they should have lost like Illinois, Minnesota, Purdue, all of them they should have well, won. Minnesota, but those three games, even even their best three games that show the future of the program and show that the promise that we were supposed to see. And I agree, we we did see promise. They weren't missing tackles. There was some promise to see there, no doubt about it. But what I'm saying is, even in those games, they played down because at the at the pivotal moments, they didn't do what they know they can do. They fumbled. Yeah. They they yeah. let a guy run for a touchdown on the punt. I mean, they do all the, all those type. They miss field because goals. the f-ing punter can't directionally punt. Which yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean, the, okay, how can you that punt was for the, that? I understand. That was, that was the worst punt he's done all year. He's been a actually pretty good punter. Right, but we both know that we dominated that team physically, and we didn't have to be in that position at all. You know what I mean? Where that punt even mattered. Even we, yeah, we didn't really no, even you, have you, to be in that position. I mean. We we were moving the ball at that point in the Michigan State game when uh, we just kind of we, we let a three and out go. Like yeah. we get a couple first downs, the the game's over. We didn't have yep. to punt the ball away, but even so, yeah, even so, like special teams has lost us three games this year. But that was that could also be chalked up to coaching because if I remember right, on that three and out, that play calling was horrible, horrible. I don't remember the specifics of it. I just remember being very mad at the end of that Michigan State mm-hmm. game when we were just like not being as aggressive as I know we could have been. Because um, we, we're like put in positions where it's like, dude, we got to get this first down. And if we do, this game's an easy win for us. Yeah. And, and, and well, if Ramir was the uh, back then. Yeah. Yeah. We I didn't mean, Ramir or State, even we didn't have much of a run Yant. game yet. Michigan State, we didn't have much of a run game established yet, did we? No, no. No. Yeah. I mean, early in the year, we had a hard time with. That, I mean, huh? R- Ramir had taken over, but he hadn't taken over. If you know what I mean, like yeah. he he came out the Michigan game, yeah. like he I mean, he was. I mean, the best the offense looked all year was the third quarter of the Michigan. Oh game. hell yeah! The third quarter of the Michigan they game couldn't it looked stop great. us. Oh yeah, they couldn't it stop so us. Good. And they weren't going to stop us when like Adrian got stripped either. Mm. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's all those like. Those Ips, little plays, wish, those, shoulda, yeah, the woulda, shoulda, the one plays, and yeah. it, it's really frustrating, frustrating as a fan. Yeah, yeah very frustrating. Like, because we're not <laughs> a, th- what, we're three and six now? Three and six. Yeah. Potentially so, three and nine, depending on how these games play out. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not a three and six team. We're not, th- no. like, on a talent level. Um, Such a I damn just, emotional roller coaster this year was because, <sighs> look, three weeks ago, at the end of the Michigan game, um, we record. Remember, we recorded a podcast, but but the audio messed up, so we didn't get to release it. It was our unreleased first episode. My um, audio, messed yeah, up. your audio yeah. got messed up. Um, but yeah, so we uh, we were high on Scott unreleased. You know, mm-hmm. back then was all right. Yeah, this is the guy. This is the yeah. guy. Yeah, it is what it is. We're losing yeah. some games. That's cool. But this is the guy to top and ten now, teams, and now the, we we get Minnesota, we lose to Minnesota. That energy carries itself into the bye week. We lose to a Purdue team that we should have never lost to. Uh, you know, th- throwing four interceptions and look. I just all I'm saying is the road is not setting up well. Ne- Nebraska has always been a momentum team under Scott Frost, mm-hmm. always. Like, think about his first year. Oh, right? yeah. So total total momentum was the entire – Won five entire, of the last six. 
it was the whole story of that first yeah. year was momentum because like the first six games, he they they seemed like they were riding the bad momentum of each loss into the next loss, and then when they played Ohio State, they had nothing to lose, and that kind of set them forward in a new mind frame that was like, okay, we're a pretty good team. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then from then on, they went four and two for the last six games of the year. Um, they lost to Ohio State and they lost to Michigan, and mm-hmm. then they beat. They beat, uh, they beat like a good Michigan State team or something. They had like a decent win in there. That was like a pretty decent win. Yeah. Was it Iowa? Maybe it was Iowa. I don't remember. Yeah, that sounds right. To our yeah, credit right remember. now, uh, the first college football playoff rankings came out. And um, Minnesota is in the top 20. We handed that to them. We handed that to every yep. team. That's a Big Ten team that's not named Ohio State. Like Pretty Michigan right State. Now. So th- the most egregious thing right now is um, Cincinnati, which is a great football team. Yeah, Luke Fickle, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. Uh, I've been looking at coaching candidates. They're obviously. ranked number six <laughs> right now in the first uh, yeah. CFB rankings. Um, Do they play Houston this year? Do you uh, know if they play yeah, Houston this year? Probably. Are they in their conference every, still? Every, everybody in American plays each other. Plays each other? Ooh. Yeah. Um, so game. Cincinnati is undefeated. Um, ahead of them is a one-loss Ohio State, a one-loss Oregon, Michigan State, and a one-loss Alabama is number two. You can't tell me that those people look at those rankings, look at the teams, and be like, oh, yeah. These are the See, best teams is, in the country. I just don't agree. I just don't agree. No. See, I, 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 no, no, no. With you, I don't agree with you right now. I, I take the opposite viewpoint. Um, I take the viewpoint that, look, here's here's the thing. And here's just how college football has shaken out. There is a certain swath of talent that is in America that can be recruited. And there's only a certain amount of those draftable NFL guys that are big dudes, five-star, four-star, big guys that are going to be consistently recruited to the same places. All My only point is, here's my only point. I'm not saying that a Cincinnati can't emerge and challenge. I think they can. I've watched a number of teams from the group of five that I think could have challenged maybe even in the playoff. Not uh, my Houston, point. Houston 2016? 2015, yeah. They, and 15, UCF, yeah. UCF 2016. Um, um, that was another good team, but anyway, that's not my point. I'm not trying to mitigate the little guy, but what I'm saying, or, or belittle the little guy, but what I'm saying is you watch A&M versus Alabama, the, the game has a certain look and you watch Houston versus SMU, two great teams, good teams it has a different look, man. The game just has a different look and it's undeniable. It just is okay. undeniable. Well, what, what about these two? I know we played them this year. Oklahoma is 9 and 0 at number 8. Okay. And with a different quarterback, that dude is in a league. Stud. Big 12 I, I wouldn't include them in that and in, in me talking about that. You to me, I'm talking put, about like you wouldn't put them above good. a one-loss Michigan. They're an exceptional Big 12 team. Their league, I would say wouldn't really stack up that 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 well against a lot of group of 5 teams. And Big a Wake, that good of Wake a Forest, Wake Forest 8 and 0 at 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake Forest is in the ACC, right? Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, the, the same sentiment 
that I just said for the Big 12 falls for the ACC, right? My mm, In my fair. mind, there are two real powerhouse conferences in college football right now, and it's the Big SEC 10. and it's the Big Ten. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at the top three or four teams from both of those conferences, they just – they're they're so, like, heads above every other – like, every other league, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they, they, they got the dudes in the trenches, yeah. and they got the athletes making the plays. And it's yeah. just undeniable, in my opinion. There's certain gets, teams like what, Cincinnati what, that yeah. break the – break that mold, for sure. But for the most part, those leagues are what recruits those Miami, Georgia, Texas kids, you know? Yeah. What gets my goat right now is a Nebraska fan is – we outplayed Michigan State, and now they're the number three team in the country. Yep, yep. Um, that that that, that is, game that, that hurts game, me more than the Michigan game. Honestly, that, if we yeah, if we that, win that, that game, game was frustrating. If we win that game, we probably win the Michigan game too. And look at Kenneth Walker winning the game for him. I mean, like the guy we shut down. I mean, they had oh, negative two yards rushing in yeah, the second half, and it's just like, come on. It was nowhere for them when 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 we were God. I was we look. We can sit here all. That's the sucky part about this season is we can sit here all day and go over every single game and every single like what it could have should have. But at the at the end of the day, you got to judge a coach and a coaching staff based off of their results. And while I do think that he has probably been the best coach at developing young men that are good faces of the program. I think that's what nobody talks about. Like all of his like best players are a joy to listen to whenever they're yeah. in interviews. Like Very seriously, well and that, that wasn't, wasn't something Bo Pelini had. That wasn't something Bill Callahan no. had. And, and, no, and he you had the at, occasional guy, but like and, and not even everybody. With Bo, which we loved Bo. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have like both of us think he shouldn't I, I have gotten Bo. fired. Yeah. I liked Bo. Uh, the Nebraska media turned on Bo and that's why he got yeah. fired. Yeah. Um, but uh, the players in the NFL, even that went pro and mm-hmm. were studs, yeah. have had the exact same um, tumultuous kind of thing in the NFL. Like even Sue, like yeah. Sue was a beast at Nebraska, yeah. but he's 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 looked at as a bad guy. He's not yeah, a bad dirty guy, player. but. He but had he's that, had a couple of dirty plays. Yeah, and Randy Gregory and Yeah, um, Randy yeah. Like I think I think the, best I think dudes. the Yeah, I think the best one was the Levante David. He's like oh, yeah. the clean cut. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. Will oh. Compton. You could look at Will Compton. Will Compton, uh, but he's not playing anymore. So. Yeah, but I like Will Compton. I like yeah, the podcast. No, me too. Good podcast. Yeah, yeah it's a great uh, podcast. Um, but uh, not better. But yeah, than you, ours, no, though. you're right. But what? But all I'm saying is just across the board. Like you could point to Adrian, which we always do, and he's just he's awesome to listen to. He's yeah. He's so like his, very well spoken. Look, I'm not like trying to show throw shade at Taylor Martinez, but Taylor Martinez was obviously an introvert and didn't like to <laughs> oh, to talk. No. I mean, it's just. There, it didn't seem he like was, a bad he guy. He was like an autistic but... monkey. Yeah, like in the, <laughs> in, 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 in in the press conferences, like 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 he was a very like physically talented person, 
He was never going to yeah, be a pro seemed player. Seemed like a good guy. Not trying to throw shade at him. But no. yeah, he wasn't wasn't like a man of the people. Wasn't like no. a talk to but Adrian no. is. That's the difference. Adrian is. Yeah. He totally can handle a press room pretty yeah. easily. And he's not the only one on the team. That's the thing. No. You look at even their D, D, their DBs, the, their their linebackers, their D I mean, linemen. Look cons- all the all, like just yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, Damian Daniels is fun to listen yeah. to. Cam Taylor Britt reminds me of a younger like Obviously not as big, but like a younger Herschel Walker, dude. That's what he reminds yeah. me of when he talks. Like like his smile and like even the look to him. It reminds yeah. me of like a young Herschel Walker. No, um, dude, I hope Cam Taylor comes back next year. Yeah, yeah me, I me mean, too. I don't think he will. I think he's going to get drafted. He's good, man. He's good. Dude, I, think I know he's good. I know he's good, but you're only as good as the team that you play it off of. Yeah, if we make fair, a bowl. Look at his tape. If if we make a bowl, ball, man. Yeah, I know. If we make a bowl, he leaves. If we don't, I think he comes back. Really, dude? That would be big. Yeah, that would be big. That yeah. would be huge. I mean, that'd be yeah. that's like he's like he the way he plays reminds me of David, where he's yeah. just all over the freaking place, coming in like mm-hmm. a freaking missile. And he's not the only one on that defense that's like that. No. Um. And but that's Williams, what I'm saying. Williams is a. Is a yeah. big time safety. Jojo, too. Jo- Jojo, is, and Jojo plays like is, that at oh, linebacker. Shit, I mean, dude. Jojo, they all they all do, and I like I like how Reimer plays. I've liked how uh, Luke Luke Heinrich, I think, is his name. I liked how he's played forty two. Oh um, yeah, I, I, I've liked and how he's played. How, th- those guys are uh, Heinrich. I think is a junior. Yeah, some of them are coming back. A lot of them are gonna leave. Um, but See, but again, that's what I'm so saying. These are these are these are these are these guys have personality. You know what I mean? And I haven't seen that in a lot of the Husker teams. Like these guys have personality. You want to root for them. That's what's yeah. so hard about this. Is like you and get invested you see in this it, team. You can see it on their you face. For them. You yeah. can see it on their face. They don't know how this happened. Mm-hmm. They yep. believe so much, and mm-hmm. that is a coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Like the co- they believe in the coaches. They believe in what they're teaching. And they believe that they're going to win. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the interview this past week with JoJo, and we have to get into the nitty gritty of the Purdue game. Yeah, um, we have to. We pretty much have to. Yeah. But especially uh, especially the sound bites, though. There were so yeah. many damn sound bites. And, but, but, but the JoJo um, interview after the game, he said, uh, I'm in pain. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You, dude, you you played like a boss. Like, yeah, like you, you a windmill the dude. Like, like a like, freaking boss for real. Like, the defense did not. This is a hot take, but the defense did not play good enough for nope. our offense. They nope, didn't. They didn't. They, they had didn't. a bad first half, especially. They did. Oh. They had especially. a really great second half. That's what's second, overshadowed second by the offense's tumultuous second half. Second half minus um there was uh two drives in the second half. One of them they got a field goal and the other one they had that little like uh um halfback um corner route. Oh that, yeah. How, how do you let that yeah. happen? You're playing zone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, that was a miscommunication for sure. Uh, yeah, we yeah that was the one that was the one where the where our linebacker was just completely behind the uh, yeah I remember completely behind the play. I think it was Reimer completely yeah. behind the play. But those um, dudes like as a par- apart from our offense, like those dudes on defense 
no matter if they're giving up plays, they're flying around the ball. They're playing football. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when the I offense... I haven't seen go- that in a while. Yeah. I really haven't. Yeah. Sometimes, on, that, on that side of the ball especially. Yeah. Sometimes when the offense goes out, they're like, oh, we're going to give a three and out? That's all right. Our yeah. defense will bail us yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. That's Yeah, that's that, I feel that. That's, and that's, that's happened that's the past sometimes. probably two years. It was so funny. It was like the first interception that Martinez threw was... Was that the pick six? Was that the shuffle yep. pick six? Yep. Yep. And obviously he got chewed out. Second one he throws, he gets chewed out. And then it was like the third and fourth one. <laughs> it's like, are we still going to chew him out? <laughs> the, the, the first one was terrible. Yeah. The first one was terrible. And the first I two like, were terrible. It's really hard for me because I was a quarterback and – I know how hard it is to read a defense and Adrian is a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a great person. Yeah. I don't think he reads. But, but that is. Remember the open dude, receiver he missed at the end of the Michigan game? Oh, do you remember, remember the that? open? Yeah. So. Or it was the end of the half. It was something like that. He missed a wide open receiver at the end of the Michigan game or something like that. No, no. Um, it was. I I don't remember that, but um, at the uh, at the end of this half, at the end of this half in the Purdue game, yeah, he he just had to put air under the ball, dude. Torre is going to catch the ball. He had Mm -hmm. to stretch. I don't blame Torre for that. I blame both. I think it's a it's a combined effort. I think like Torre could have definitely caught it. Yeah, but, put both hands in the ball, dude. You're a college wide receiver. You got to lay out for it at the very finger, least. Fingertips. He put both yeah. fingertips on the ball. Yeah. Like, he was wide open. Throw it up. Let him run under it. Even yeah, if he yeah. doesn't, like, catch it That's and run for a Taylor touchdown. That's something Taylor Martinez actually wasn't that bad at. Taylor Martinez would see a wide open receiver almost shit his pants because he's like, oh, no. <laughs> I gotta make this throw and then he yeah. would like throw it and they would almost always have to sit there and wait for the ball for a second oh yeah but he got it to him that's yeah. the difference you know he got it to him they made the play yeah. that's the important part did they make the yeah. play it doesn't have to end up on sports center top 10 you yeah. know um, well one more thing from the purdue game then we can move on to the next yeah, game go um the kicker dude mm-hmm. They had an open competition, apparently. and this, I didn't hear about this. Th- this dude was, um, he was either a walk-on or he was a transfer from a nobody school. And, I mean, he was he kicked. He, he could make I an saying? extra point. What was I saying like two weeks ago? I was like, come on, there's got to be just a guy from my intramural team or from another school <laughs> yeah, you did. or something. Yeah, you did. You did. I was like, come on. It's just true. It's I mean, a kicker is you just got to find a guy. You just got to find that guy with ice in his veins who can kick a ball. That's all you got to yeah. find. And um, I think the only reason we stuck with Culp this long is because he he kicked lights out last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was, he he was, was all Big Ten. First team? Yeah, first all team Big all, Ten. all Big Ten. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. But, but, you know, I mean, if that many missed field goals, missed extra points right i could kick an extra point i did no, kick, kick yes <laughs> dude i did no, kick an extra point 
Bradshaws aren't kickers. We don't kick. <laughs> we use our hands. <laughs> you don't remember when I kicked the extra point? Bro, you have as much flexion in your hips and in your uh, hamstrings as a mouse with no legs. <laughs> I, don't even, I couldn't think of anything, but close enough. You get the picture. This dude, you're an athlete. I'll give you some props first. Good athlete, fast, yeah. got a good arm, not flexible. Let's give you that. No, not no. at all. Dude. <laughs> okay. Come on. You know I'm I, right. <laughs> no, I, I, I 100% completely agree with you. But I did actually kick an extra point in a JV game in high school. You did? Yes. Damn. Our kicker was had hip flexor issue. And they said, who can kick an extra point? And I was like, I think I can. They were like, really? all right, Bradshaw, go in. I just thrown a touchdown pass, so that's why they let me. But I, I hit one. That's hilarious. That's so, it is a JV game. Yeah. That's hilarious. Damn. No, uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to touch on some big picture stuff real quick before we got into the Ohio State game. Go ahead. Um, obviously, you know, you never know what's going to happen with this coach. I mean, look, if he goes 0-3 for the rest of these games, then – it would be hard not to fire him. It just would be hard not would to be. fire him. Except um, uh, Trev said that he wasn't going to fire him at the beginning of the year. Well, I mean, Trev has been very suggestive and and um, general with his language. Je- that's just a fact. So, and and that that's the most recent from what we've heard of him. So, all I'm saying is, it may or may not happen, but speculation is what we're here for. So. Um, so if we're here for speculation, I think if he goes on three, it's going to happen. I think it's most likely, obviously, if, if that's the scenario, I think if he maybe pulls out one game, I think he probably is good. Two games, definitely good. Three games. Yo, he's solid. I think we'll be fine. Well, Um, we're going to, we're going to beat Ohio state by like 21 points, right? My, my thing is this man, he's had four years. Okay. He's been here for four years years to me he's shown to me yes to me he's shown a certain level of what the hell am i doing okay and i don't know what i'm doing i'm not a division one coach but all i'm saying is it's obvious from the outside looking in that he's shown real signs of what the hell am i doing so here's the scenario if this dude does come back uh for another year we have a much easier schedule next year compared to this year he's probably in all likelihood going to win a lot more games next year than he would this year. Yeah. If that's the case, maybe a lot of those problems that are glooming and are there go unchecked. And then we have two or three more years of this same BS that we've seen this whole time. That's my only fear. And that's for me, the reason why I would consider a coaching change. Um, yeah. Just because it's, it's, it's look, I'd rather if I'm, if I'm going to do that, what I just described, giving Scott Frost next year and then having more success and then it being kind of a false blanket of security, right? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I do, if I describe that versus getting a new guy in right now and giving him a pretty easy schedule year to kind of build his stock up and potentially have a pretty quick turnaround, I would personally probably take the latter more than I would take the former. Um, and that's just what I've thought about with it. Yeah. Um, that's if, if I was, if I was the guy that would, that would be what would be going through my mind right now. Um, 
Okay, so with that being said, if that is the let's I want us to ponder something for a second, okay? If that it just theoretically, if that is the case, we do go 0 and 3 and Scott Frost does get fired. I want us each to throw a name or two out there because I've been thinking about it and mm-hmm. I have some I have one that's kind of fairly obvious. Um and then I have one it's sort of obvious. And then I have one that's uh kind of out of left field. Um, the obvious one, and I only say it's obvious because um, I only say it's obvious because he's kind of a, already a part of the program and has been for a long time, and that's Ron Brown. And I I, I know Ron Brown uh, is a little long in the tooth at this point. He's in his mid-60s, but that's okay. There's a lot of old head coaches out there. And I think that Ron Brown, for the most part of his career, has been given the raw end of the stick when it comes to media perception and when it comes, I mean, he basically was one of the first people that got canceled. We could go into that, but he was hired as the, as the Stanford head coach and people wanted to, people at Stanford got into an uproar because he has very religious views on, you know, uh, marriage and things like that. So that's really the quote unquote controversy surrounding Ron Brown. But if you look at his history Every single position coach, positions, like position Mm -hmm. group that has been coached by Ron Brown at Nebraska has been damn near the best position group on the team any given year. That's just a fact. He's a really good coach. He was trying to dip his toe into the head coaching for a long time, but didn't quite work out. But I think uh, he might be the most easy solution that's just staring us right in the face. And he's been a part of the program for so long. He knows Nebraska. He understands the culture. It's still an inside guy. So it's not like you're completely changing and going to a new outside force. And it would kind of change the vibe of things. It, the vibe of things probably largely wouldn't change with like, with a, with a Ron Brown as your head coach. And I know that's kind of out of left yeah. field, but at the same time, it's right in front of you. So um, that one, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I understand that. Um, some of the um, Husker boards, which are the, some, I don't want to degradate any sort of people here, but uh, they're not very smart. Um, one of them was uh, Mike Norvell, who is currently the head of uh, Florida State hmm. University. Uh, oh, and yeah, they're they're great this year. One of them was Manny Diaz. And um, you know, head coach That's, of Miami right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miami, he's been there for three years now. Hasn't I definitely don't want a Miami guy. No. If you can't win in the ACC, you're not gonna win in the big no, time. No, no. Deep seated moral reasons as a Nebraska person, you don't want a Miami guy. Okay, let's not even go there. (laughs) Anybody who's ever touched Miami with a 10-foot pole, you're not allowed at Nebraska. Okay, let's just make that a rule. Uh, We hate Miami. Yeah, I hate Miami. So my guy that I think that if we literally go 0-3, which I think we win one of those. I do. I think think we do. Yeah, I hope too. But I think <laughs> as well. <laughs> I think I, I think as well. Um, if uh, Scott Frost gets another year, okay. But if he doesn't, Luke Fickle. 
Cincinnati head coach. Cincinnati was, I mean, our parents are Houston people. They went to Houston. Um, Cincinnati was a trash, trash program. Like, Houston kicked the shit out of them, even when they were bad. No, I know, I know, I know Luke Fickle, and I and I agree. He's, I agree. He is a, he is he would be a hot hire. Yeah. My only argument to it is, it's like there's a lot of schools that are going to be wanting to look for Luke Fickle right now. And look, I hate it when people say a coach won't come to Nebraska because that's just not true. Look, we we have an athletic program where money is no object. Basically, no. I mean, you we're know, still and, one of the top five. We have. Like, I agree. Look, yeah. I agree. I agree. But the sentiment is there enough, I feel, where every coach kind of thinks twice about it. Just because people say it over and they've been saying yeah. it for 20 years. You know I what agree I mean? With that. Yeah. So it's a two it's a two-sided coin. I don't think it's true because in reality, you can win at Nebraska. You got to be a good recruiter. You got to lock down your state and recruit talent from out, out of state. It's a two-headed horse. Well, but I especially mean, in this NIL yeah. era, it's a much more desirable place to be. Yeah, it just I mean, is. yeah, but I mean, top recruiting classes don't mean shit. Like Riley had good recruiting classes. Scotts had great recruiting classes. It's all about. Yeah coaching once those players are mm-hmm. there i agree um look and, and i think luke file luke fickle would be a heck of a hire uh, that would be choice number one i'm just trying to be more realistic with who i would say who would be you know who would come here you know what i mean and yeah. who, who we could definitely get luke fickle would be we might have to pay that dude a lot um probably will yeah, have to pay we that didn't dude pay a scott lot. anything so, I mean, we paid them a lot. But again, with our athletic program, I don't want to say it's a drop in the bucket, but virtually it's a drop in the bucket. Um, it just is. They, they, they have so much funding. Um, yeah. Um, but they're like Cardano. Huh? But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Luke Fickle, I, I agree. That's that's a good name. You could throw that out there. And I, and, but yeah, I mean, he has he has a lot. He has experience coaching a a, a, a uh football powerhouse too i mean we remember he was the he was the fill-in coach uh for when urban was it urban Meyer? no when uh jim trestle had all the stuff happen to him at ohio yeah. state and uh, he was the fill-in coach for that the rest of that season that was like one of two times no maybe the only time nebraska has beaten ohio state since they came to the to the uh, wow Big Ten. he was the coach there yeah remember then and met when Matt O'Hanlon had no, no, that was the Oklahoma game. Never mind. I get my games mixed up. Matt O'Hanlon. <laughs> Matt O'Hanlon. No, no, no. <laughs> um, my 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 one last name I would throw out there because I know for a fact he would take the job. Here's the thing: if you're the coach at Nebraska, you need to be able to utilize the NIL rule to your absolute. You need to make it bend to your will because it's a place yeah. you can. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you need a business-minded person. You need somebody who has an actual background in scaling out a business or or has an actual education. Like a lot of these dudes are football coaches and they this is a new thing. So they don't quite take advantage of it like they could. Uh, I, don't, I think a lot of them are just now starting to really see the potential. But someone who's been a lawyer and who reads between the lines – they can look at that situation and be like, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to utilize this clause to my benefit. And this. Mm-hmm. So my, with that being said, my suggestion is Mike Leach, the pirate. And 
uh, my and and and, and uh, the reason he's I been, backed all no, that no. up. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. Let me, he's let never me go on my been spiel. elite though. Let me go on my spiel. So my Mike Riley, or not Mike Riley. <laughs> Mike Riley's the best guy. No, Hip no. Hip Ray. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, Mike Leach. The reason I say Mike Leach is because Mike Leach ha- has the 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 creativity to win at Nebraska. Does that make sense? He is he is a creative leader. And here's the thing about him. Like I said, he has he's a lawyer. He has he has a law degree. And so I think he would take Nebraska and look at it from a completely different perspective that no one else would. Now here's the other thing about his record that you just mentioned. Mike Leach um, has had three notable head coaching positions that everyone knows him for. He had the Texas Tech job, he had mm-hmm. the Wazoo Washington State job, and now he's at Mississippi State. Okay. Those three programs that I just mentioned are all little brothers in their conferences. They are terrible, terrible schools. They are not the schools you really want to coach at. They're historically 500 or worse in their conferences. Texas Tech is probably the worst Texas football school historically. That's just a fact. Maybe besides Houston, obviously, (laughs) but we're talking P5. Okay, mom and dad, we're talking P5. So (laughs) so, A&M. And okay. has never won a national championship. But, but what I'm saying is Texas Tech is not the powerhouse Texas team of the Big 12. And he had a lot of success there. He made them in certain seasons the powerhouse team in the Big 12. With, when mm-hmm. they had Michael Crabtree and Graham Harrell, they were a fantastic team. Here's the other thing. Um, Wazoo. He had a 10-win season with Wazoo where they, where they like ran the table in that conference. And they're Wazoo, dude. They're not the powerhouse of the Pac-12 at all. And now he's at Mississippi State. And he's not, they're not a bad team. They're, they're really not a bad team. They're not the best team in the SEC. But again, the little brother of the SEC, you don't hear about Mississippi State being the powerhouse of the SEC. So what I'm saying is he's always had these weird fringe jobs that are power five jobs, but are kind of not optimal. And he might see Nebraska as an opportunity. I know he would take the job. Um, because he has relations yeah. with people in Nebraska. People in Nebraska know him. He already uh, like kind of has established rapport yeah. with a lot of people in Nebraska. Um, so I know he would take the job because he would look at Nebraska. Look, we're a team who's in the West who could easily be, or yeah, the Big Ten West, who could easily be a powerhouse of the conference just simply on the fact that we're in the Big Ten West. Um, well, because we okay. have more resources to be that yeah. team than most other teams in the Big Ten West. Yeah, here's my counterpoint to that. He's a Bo Pelini type. He doesn't give a shit about the media. He yeah, I love says that. he says what oh no. I'm not saying this from my personal perspective. But the Nebraska media is a very fickle thing. He would not thrive in that sort of environment i think he would as long as he wins that's just like what that's the unspoken thing <laughs> okay like you, that's like, true. like you know what i mean like he would yeah. totally thrive in it he would thrive in it if he's winning yeah it's just well, like the reality of any situation scott frost yeah. should be thriving in the nebraska media he's their Bo, darling boy Bo but he's not was winning, winning. Bo polini right. was winning and he was very a, a volatile person you know, i brought mike leach up to dad and he made a couple of good counterpoints which were that look Nebraska just had an experiment with Scott Frost with a guy who came in and tried to run that, you know, run and gun style offense where it's kind of a finesse ball, which we obviously know does not work in the Big Ten West. You need to slobber knock with them. You have to. Um, So Mike Leach would come in and implement that. Would he have more success? Maybe. I don't know. 
But I don't know. That's just those are just my suggestions. The two most realistic names to me at this point, from what I see, are are uh, Mike Leach or or Ron Brown. All right. Well. I'll take. Yeah, we those. can we can move on to the Ohio State game. Yeah. I just wanted to Let's, touch on that because yeah. it's a. I want to get our predictions down. Yeah. Because uh, you never know when they're going to come in out of left field with Mike Riley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Jesus Christ! I remember when we hired that Goomba. Yeah. So I and, want to preface. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I remember when we hired that Goomba, and we were. I was sitting on the couch with mom and dad, and we watched his um, first prize oh, yeah. conference and. Mom, which mom knows football. She does, but she is not nearly as passionate as uh, me, you, or dad. And she she was like, that's the guy? That's the guy they replaced Bo with? What the hell? Yeah, they went opposite of Bo, for sure. Yeah, they went yeah, opposite of they Bo. They went opposite. Um, I want to preface the Ohio State talk by saying, Obviously, I've said this before, but my dad and I are going to the game this weekend, and uh, we planned this. It's so funny. We planned this like uh, a month and a half ago or so. We, mm-hmm. we had no idea how the season was going to play out. I think that was even maybe right before the Oklahoma game. Um, no, we, we didn't, no, it wasn't before the Oklahoma. It was right after. No, it was either before or right after the Oklahoma game, literally. It was right after the Michigan State game. Was it the Michigan State game? Yep. Oh, uh, well, anyway, it was like that was a period of two weeks. We played like eight games in like two weeks yeah, <laughs> at the right. beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, but anyway, so we planned this before we knew how the how the thing would shake out. Um, and it's hilarious that now we're walking in to what feels like, I mean, an absolute must dumpster fire. Win. If, if it's every game has been a must win. OK, but it feels like we're walking into an absolute dumpster fire. Everyone's just on the fritz. The the sentiment of the program is largely negative, and it feels like I hate to say it, man, but it really the recipe is adding up for a for a classic Nebraska. Nebraska being on the end of a butt on the bad end of a butt whooping. That's what it's starting to feel like. Yeah, unfortunately. So, um, just gonna read some stats here, like yeah, I like ahead. to do. Um, total yards per game. Ohio State, 547. Nebraska, 470. Um, Preface, Ohio State has played some very, very bad teams um, like the Blue Bloods get to do. Um, They have not had a very strict schedule. Um, They lost to Oregon. They lost to a a Pac-12 team and Oregon is early. not early early yeah dude like here's the thing here's the th- early here's what I mean and this is just a fact about college football okay the the difference the biggest difference of that these big teams like Ohio State and like Alabama have over some of the other teams is their depth okay and that plays out as the season plays out Okay. When you get to game 10, game 11, game 12, those teams are built to be playoff teams. Some of these other teams have good teams when the year starts out, but then they lose two offensive linemen and they lose their best running back and they lose this and that, and they just don't have the, the, the bodies to replace them. So they're just not as good when the year goes on. That's what I mean. Okay. Fair. Um, yards allowed. Big stat because that's all defense. 
Um, Ohio State, 355. Nebraska, 348. And, yeah, so if you look at our defense. We've played a lot better teams. We have. That Okay, that's what I was trying to say before. <laughs> Stop filling my head with all these optimistic and- Okay. Optimisticisms. So, pass yards. I'll break that down for you. Uh, pass yards allowed: two forty-seven for Ohio State, two eleven for Nebraska. Again, that's the worst part of our defense. We can stop the run. Um, rush yards: one hundred eight for Ohio State, one thirty-seven for Nebraska. So. Fairly even across the statistical yeah. lines right there. Yeah. Record? So, Could you compare the records? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I care about. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I get it. Look, I get it. And and I've thought about this because here's the thing. I'm walking into a situation in, in Lincoln where – they could look. There's real talk that they could, if not this game, very soon lose their sellout streak, and it not not a not. They're as not going to lose it this year. They're trying to do it. They're not going to lose it this year. They're going to lose it next year. If 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 there's is a lot of ifs, you know what I mean. If yeah. They don't win. If they start all of a sudden start winning, sellout streaks back. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Simple well, as that. The sellout streak has been like a shell of itself for a very long time. Like donors have been buying out seats since the nineties. They have. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I, I read an article this past week. I didn't know that. That's pretty sad. Yeah. No, it's only because they extended the stadium. Yeah. Remember they they, they went from, they went from, uh, I think around, um, 75 to 115 Mm -hmm. and you can't sell out like, that's an NFL stadium. No, they don't have 115. They went from 75 to like 93, but still, it's a big it, jump. You're it, right. It's it's over 100 right now. No, it's not. It's 93,000. You sure? I'm 100% positive. You can look it up, but it's not over 100,000. They've stopped trying to extend the stadium to make it bigger since about 2010. They've ch- they've pivoted on that. Yeah. They've def- they're definitely not making it any bigger. That's what they decided in 2010. And nowadays they're talking about making it smaller. Yeah. Um, they're they're, talking they're, about, st- they're look, starting to talk about like adding like stadium seat seats. I love Memorial Stadium, but their seats tucked back in, in uh, those side yeah. view seats that where you don't even get to watch the game. And it's yeah. like, dude, you need to just rip those seats out and make it a rack area or something like that. Yeah, like <laughs> like all of the – like I, I know this is a thing in a lot of college stadiums where you just like buy these like foam seats to sit on the entire yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of talk about just making them like stadium seats stadium mm-hmm. seats like uh like a lot of nfl stadiums mm-hmm. are and, and each row and, and the reason the capacity would go down is each row would be able to quote unquote fit less and less people which if you've ever been to memorial stadium mm-hmm. you know that it's like it's like they put the numbers for the seats right next to each other <laughs> oh they're so close <laughs> you're right on top of every, everyone's right on top of and, each other and these nebraskans are not small people uh-uh Nope, they're no, not small no, people. They're not small people for the most um, part. 
for the most to part. To be honest, the most comfy seats in the stadium, as long as it's not a hot day or as long as the weather's fine, is are the end zone seats. The end zones, uh, you just feel like, I feel if you're if you're high up enough in those side seats, like under the thing, you're just claustrophobic. Even if you can see the game, it just feels kind of claustrophobic up there. Yeah. Um, our seats are pretty good. We're on the 30-yard line, uh, 10 rows up. Well, that's that's great. I, I'm actually very jealous. Yeah. If you, well, if you guys had three tickets, I probably would have been there. We might. I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but the, well, I thought the real concern was you getting there. Me getting there? Yeah, flying there, like getting there. Like, do you pay for a flight? Get to, get a flight, because dude, the tickets aren't expensive. Yeah, tickets pay. are like forty bucks. I was looking at tickets. There's like tickets for like forty bucks or hundred bucks. You should meet well, us there. Hell. It'd be fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll you should meet, meet you there. there. We're gonna stay. We're gonna we're gonna stay at Grandma Mary's house this weekend. You should meet us there. Hell yeah, we're gonna Grandma pull up on Mary. Friday. The OG. Yeah, yeah. pull up. Pull yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Well, Obviously, we can't make plans right now on the on this podcast, but yeah, yeah you should try to pull up. It'll be fun. Yeah. Plus, like I said, dude, the, here's the thing. There's no expect like we're talking about Nebraska football right now. Let's get back to it. There's no expectations for for them. The, the other side of the recipe, I said the bad part of the recipe, right? The good part of the recipe is that there's no expectations for them whatsoever. All yeah. of what their perceptions of the season are out the window. It's just them and Ohio State. And guess yeah. what? They're a pretty damn good team who, if they play really good, they can play with Ohio State. So They, they so, can definitely, especially from a talent level. Like, oh, 100%. We, we match up, we match up, we match up. But we come back to uh, Adrian. Um, he's not going to play. He's not going to make the play for us. Yeah, and, man, it no. sucks because I just think about the game. I'm like, we could do it. And then I remember Adrian, it's our quarterback. <laughs> no, and he's such a talented guy. Yeah. He, it, it sucks because he's a good dude too. But if you look at the couple series that Logan has, just he had a couple series against Michigan State. He had a couple series against um, Trash Time against a couple other teams. Northwestern. Yeah. But you look at his motor. You look yeah, at his decision I making. It's I agree. quick, fast, quick, fast, 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 fast. fast. Yep. I that is the thing that Adrian doesn't have. Mm-hmm. He sits back there completely. in the pocket, and like, dude, the offensive line one, two, one, two, three. That is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Like being a yep. high school quarterback, even mm-hmm. like I know, like my, one, 1, 000, my line was fucking 1, good, mm-hmm. like. It was one, two, three. If I don't find a person, run. <laughs> or throw it away, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And you're right. Uh, you see Logan, and it's very boom, boom, boom. Yeah. He's making it's, decisions. It's one, two, three. He looks at the defense, throws it. I don't know. I, I just – does it give us a better opportunity to go with a guy who we know can run the offense to about 80%? Um, I mean, that's really what it is because he runs it sometimes to a hundred percent, but when it matters, he runs dude, it to zero percent. Wait, so when you average Adrian? it out, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. So when you average it out, it's about eighty percent that he's running that offense at, maybe seventy yeah. percent in certain games. Well, Smothers and, is faster than Adrian, you know that, yeah, right? Smothers is fast. No, 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 I, I know, but does it give us a better chance to have the veteran guy in there? Who we know veteran. can make plays. We know he can make plays. We know he can. Okay. 
Does yeah. it give us a better chance to have him or does it give us a better chance to have a new guy in who just got on campus on January 18th of this year and who is, supposedly hasn't even learned a big, you know, supposedly he still has stuff to learn on the playbook, supposedly. Uh, January like, 18th uh, of this year? No, yeah. that was 2020. Smothers oh, dude, has been I, there the for over a year and a stuff. half, dude. Dang, dude. He's yeah, had you know, a whole summer. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about that today. I was like, my iPhone's a year old. And I looked at it. I was like, no, no, no. My iPhone's two years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> like a whole year just like got gets marked off the calendar because of yeah. COVID for me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, we're walking into it. I'm excited for it. If they yeah. do pull it out, it's going to be epic to be there for it. Oh, it's gonna be yeah. epic. It's or gonna be epic you're gonna get to another there. like uh, sixty to three schlocking. I literally think it's one or the other. I think that even if they're in the game, if there's at any point in the game where they they either win the game or they're gonna lay down and get killed at some point. That's really what I think about it. I think they're either gonna step up finally and win the game or they're gonna get murdered. Yeah. Well. All right. This is a good point to um, <laughs> have our predictions. What if- yeah, predictions. What are your predictions? No, go ahead. You first. Me first. Okay, you're going to be gonna at go. the game, so you're going to have a first-hand seat. So, God dang it! For some reason, I keep dreaming about the number forty-five and the number seven. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Ohio State, forty-five to seven. I, I think we I, lose. It pains me. Yeah. I think we lose um, by 21 points. 21. 21. (laughs) Um, So I think we score 14, and the score is even at 14 heading into half. And then Ohio State just takes off, and we don't score another point. And it'll be like 31 to 14, 38 to 14 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's feasible. That's feasible. That's not as bad as I predicted. I think uh, if Ohio State's the type of team where if you lay down in front of them, they're gonna let you get run over by the by the train. Yeah, that is them. The so, dudes like their second strings are just as good as star- our first strings. There's pretty much their second strings are like five star recruits. Yes, and I, I, I'm aware. That's my yeah. point. That's my point with teams like them. Like with yeah. teams like them, you have to. I mean, you can win, you can beat them, but you got to play your best game gotta play your best game mm-hmm. um and that was always the thing even even back in the day with uh when nebraska would go in the 80s when nebraska would go to the orange bowl that's why we hate miami so much because there were so many like the orange bowl you go to the orange bowl and play in miami and play miami and yeah. basically the people who run the orange bowl are like miami alumni so, so it's like <laughs> the whole game's rigged and miami is the for that entire decade was the single most talented like stretch of teams, maybe in the history of college football, where the 1980s U, I mean, yeah. the 80s U, and then obviously everyone talks about the 01 team, but I'm talking about like a 10-year period of consistency where they just had maybe the most talent in college football every year was mm-hmm. the 80s Miami teams. And Nebraska didn't take the opposite philosophy, but they weren't the same team. They they had homegrown players that were there for four years that were ready to play. They had big guys they had they had uh like the peter brothers like people mm-hmm. like that who who were homegrown but also recruits highly recruited but and then and then he, and then uh and then um osborne would recruit for talent here and there mm-hmm. he basically spot recruit for talent here and there and fill in all the gaps and so it was both philosophies going against each other and 
Now yeah. it's like you gotta you gotta still bring that spirit to it because that's still what it is in certain cases. It's well, it, when we play Ohio State, when we play Michigan teams like that, that's basically yeah. what it is. I also um, was watching this um, YouTube video of the downfall of Nebraska. Um, I've seen it. Yeah, and depressing. There were there was this um, thing that a lot of people didn't do, but Nebraska did. When um, back in the day, before social media, before all this kind of bullshit kind of stuff, um, Nebraska was recruiting people that had derogatory marks on their record. Hmm. And they were like, how are you? Are you a good person? We'll recruit you. So they were recruiting people that had a little bit of smudge on their record. Oh yeah. And they turned their entire life around, obviously, because some you, of them. Well yeah, yeah some <laughs> of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> um but that whole thing is so much less now that yeah. I don't think you can recruit the same way as Tommy did. Yeah, but the philosophy is, is is look, that's where he got his talent that he filled yeah. the gaps with. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But the philosophy is grow your the soul of your team at home. That's it can work there. We yeah. Scott Frost is even proving it right now. Look, the, a lot of the heart and soul of this team is Nebraska guys. And it I didn't look three you would ask me three or four years ago, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said that. I would not have said that. These days, I, I am fully behind that philosophy. Yeah. And then Xavier the Betts. other philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yes. Those dudes are monsters. And then the other philosophy is filling in the talent gaps that you still need with Texas, Cali, Florida, yeah. Georgia, those type of players. Um, mm. and, and, and he's done a pretty good job at that. He's done a pretty good job at that because, yeah. I mean, no, you, I and you see it playing out in front of us. But Yeah. And, dude, I, I really do hope that he gets another season. And if, if he loses another, like, if he doesn't make a bowl game next season, calling for his head. Yeah. I'm almost calling for his head, but my knows? Pro- like, again, it, for me, it, it I, I don't, for me, if I was AD, obviously I'm not making any decisions right now. Again, it these last three games determine that for me. Yeah. If... If he lays down to all three teams, this dude needs to go, man. We need to move on. It sucks. I agree. It's like breaking up with a girlfriend because it's such a good story. I mean, Wood River, born and raised, you know, uh, left and then came back and then won a national championship as a quarterback and then, you know, ascended the rakes in the college coaching carousel and the NFL coaching carousel and, and turned his 0-12 team into 12-0 and and then came back home. I mean, it's yeah. such a good story. Yeah. And that everyone just is so reluctant to let it let it just go. And I understand because it's a hard thing and that would be dope. But unfortunately, you got to evaluate based off of the results. And if he loses all three of these games, you look at those last four years and you're like, no way in hell. Like, we got to move on. We have to mitigate damage. Yeah. It's not like the last couple of years when we fired Mike Riley after three. He had one winning season. 
Yeah. Uh, we fired and Bo it was Pelini. A fluke. Let's be honest. That winning season was a fluke. We we play, we had the most cushiony schedule we've ever had in the Big Ten uh, that year for the first seven or eight games. Don't and then we got exposed. And then we got exposed. Yeah, and we don't. all knew it, too. When yeah. we were watching it, we all knew it. Yeah. Um, don't None of us started. thought we were a real, real good team. We we were what in the top ten at one point, but no, we were yeah. not a top ten no. team. We were, we no. weren't. No. no, we had Zach. What, um, what, what who do we have as our quarterback? <laughs> Taylor or something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was Zach Lee. No, 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 no that was 09. <laughs> it was a uh, Tanner. Tannerly. 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 We've got so many Lees. Oh, so many oh. Martinez's. Bro, I'm sure Tanner Lee's a good guy, man, but he was not. <laughs> man, he Dude, was not he had a quarterback. Dude, he cannon, but he did not have yeah, the decision-making skills nope, to be a quarterback. Yeah. Um, he had such a cannon that even with like his woes at Nebraska, he still was like a highly touted NFL draft yeah. prospect um, just because of yeah. his arm strength. Um, I mean, but yeah, you should shit, try to where, come to the game. Yeah, yeah. No, sure. Where, where is he now? Uh, Tanner, Tanner Lee. Lee. He got drafted on a practice squad somewhere, but uh, Tanner. No, Lee. but no. What what I was getting at is uh, <laughs> this is what his Bo. Wikipedia page says. Tanner Joseph Lee is a former American football quarterback. He played college football at Nebraska. That's all it says. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, anything final to say on the on the game? Anything final that we need to touch before we before we head out we i feel like we kind of covered most everything didn't we yeah no um uh cj stroud who is that i haven't even done any rec- any any looks at any other teams i'm oh. sick of football i hate this <laughs> <laughs> that's the quarterback for uh ohio state so yeah that guy okay i'll yeah. repeat the sentence yeah yes. yeah <laughs> all right well that's going to be it for us today on the Cornhusker Corner. Um, and you know, there's no place like this podcast. There you go.